0: Thank you for listening to the Stage 62 podcast. In this series, we take time to spotlight the artists, creative minds, and hardworking volunteers who make Stage 62 a vibrant and celebrated community theatre organization for the greater Pittsburgh area. I'm Ryan Hidbavny, and I've made it my mission to showcase what's buzzing on stage and behind the scenes at Stage 62. Our first episode premiered in February of 2020. We started to scratch the surface of our organization's commitment to providing the Carnegie community with quality theater for young audiences. We had a brand new board of directors and plans were in motion for the three main stage productions that would fill our 58th season. Our committee chairs were hard at work on auditions, fundraisers, and community enrichment programs that would allow us to sustain our mission and build upon our long-standing history. And then, coronavirus arrived in America. We all know what happened next. The week of March 9th, 2020, we watched as a nation what happens when a global pandemic arrives on your doorstep and becomes a mysterious and life-altering safety concern. COVID-19 had been devastating Europe and Asia since late 2019. Life in America was business as usual until the fear that we would become the next batch of hospitalizations and fatal statistics became real. Here in Pittsburgh, The Broadway national tour of The Band's Visit was playing at the Benedum Center downtown. On Friday, March 13th, just hours before curtain, the show was canceled. To many of us in the regional theater community, this was a sign of things to come. But for how long? Four weeks? Two months? None of us could have predicted what we'd be spending in over a year learning how to normalize life in quarantine. Not just for theater, for everything. In that time, we leaned on our most creative minds to keep art, music, and expression alive for the well-being of all of us. The challenges of maintaining that connection from behind a computer screen were vast. Fourteen months later, we are finally in a position of tangible hope. Vaccine distribution and the scientific belief that we can safely gather outdoors with minimal risk has given us the ability to bring live performance back to the community in small and calculated ways. Joining me today to discuss those challenges and the hopes for our organization is Stage 62 President Seth Laidlaw. Hi, Seth.
1: Hi, Ryan.
0: Thank you for joining me today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me today, too. Um, Excited to be here.
0: Sure. We are at Crafton Park Amphitheater uh, doing our tech rehearsals for Forever Plaid. We are a week away from tech. Um, This is our first time in the space.
1: It is. Uh, It's exciting and it's very new for stage sixty two. But you know we're we're trying it and it's it's going great so far. Pretty excited.
0: Right. We've been in the library since the nineties, I believe, as our kind of resident space. And with the pandemic, this was our first opportunity to actually produce a show outside, working with the Crafton community.
1: That's right. Uh, We're so grateful to the Crafton Borough um, for donating the space to us to let us use it and. It's that great outdoor safe venue that also uh, is enclosed, so we can do a, a real true show and justice for Forever Plan.
0: If this goes well, hopefully, you know we can use this space for other opportunities or concerts, because it really is not far from the Carnegie community.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: So that was a heavy introduction, and I promise that I didn't invite you here today to simply recap that storm cloud that hung over two thousand and twenty. I think it very honestly sets the tone for our audiences and to anyone who might stumble upon this recording in the future, that we were faced with extremely difficult decisions in an already catastrophic time in history. We have reasons to be optimistic, which is why I felt ready to reopen my curiosity and let our listeners hear from the artists and leaders who have carried our torch through some really dark times. As I mentioned, you are the organization's current president. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to be a regular member of Stage 62?
1: Sure. Um, My first Stage 62 interaction uh, was in 2014, actually. I had just graduated from my Master of Arts Management uh, program at Carnegie Mellon University and was ready to be on a stage again you know the two years in the grad program uh wasn't happening uh any any extra time to to perform so uh i had auditioned for evita and got in in the fall of 2014 um i knew of stage 62 prior to that uh I I went to Duquesne for undergrad and was involved in a student run theater company there called Spotlight. And just, I had some high school theater, or college theater friends that auditioned and some other, you know, small theater community connections that that brought me here. And uh, it's been history ever since. I've been performing in a variety of shows. I've gotten to direct. This will be my third show that I've directed with Stage 62, produced a couple, uh, stage managed, just trying to do it all. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Excellent. Oh, we're so happy to have you being such an active member. How many organizations and nonprofits around the city are you currently involved with?
1: Uh, so currently, I uh, work at the Pittsburgh Cultural Trust. I'm senior program manager there in the arts education department, and oversee a lot of our uh, education and learning programs tied to the Broadway series, as you mentioned before, and, and others. Um, let's see. I. Uh, I'm honored to serve as a judge for the Gene Kelly Awards, part of the Pittsburgh CLO and uh, I'm also on the literary committee for City Theatre Company's Young Playwrights Festival. Um, I I sort of use, I've been very grateful and lucky to have the City of Pittsburgh and the arts organizations as my learning space too, where uh, I've done internships and part-time work at the Greater Pittsburgh Arts Council and City Theatre and the Trust and the CLO and most recently uh, served as the interim education director at Pittsburgh Public Theater. Wow, so very busy (laughs) in the arts, um, from our biggest
0: organizations to some of our smallest, more volunteer groups. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's really great. I know there are many other theaters in Pittsburgh who have had the pleasure of featuring you on stage as a performer. At what point in those seven years you've been with 62, did you find yourself gravitating toward leadership roles?
1: Pretty quickly. um, I would say, uh, so I came on as treasurer for the board in, uh, for the 2015-2016 season. So I was in like two or three shows and uh, then sort of jumped into the uh, leadership role and being a part of the board. And, you know, that it's just my like drive and interest. I want to I want to be as involved as possible in things that I believe in and being around other creatives. And Stage 62 has always been impressive to me, the quality of productions going on the stage and just the people that uh, work behind the scenes and volunteer their time to make it what it is. I, I wanted to to be there and be a part of
0: it it really is pretty amazing how many volunteers we have on a regular basis i've done shows at other theaters where you feel like sometimes you're you're begging people to come out and you know carve out some time where really at stage 62 for whatever reason there is just this magnetism where people want to volunteer their time not just
1: during the shows but in the months between to make sure that we keep this going right i i feel like uh it's a real true testament to what a community theater is and, and should be a part of the community, and it does feel like the members here are, are connected, our family, our community, um, and yeah, I I love that. I love to be a part of it.
0: Yeah, in the fall of 2019, you were nominated to succeed our former president, Rob James, who we all know and love. Rob continues to be an important mentor to those of us on the board because of his long history with 62. What were your pre-pandemic goals stepping in as president of this established group?
1: Yeah, Rob is amazing and uh, has been a mentor and someone that I look up to as well. And um, it was definitely a conversation that I had with him before uh, nominations, before accepting a nomination to be president. Um, I think... My original goals are really just to keep the train running, you know, like just to put up some four quality shows on our season, uh make some revenue and uh you know build a sense of community, keep that community going um you know, it was really just passing the baton and knowing that Rob was going to be right there to, to, to help uh, along the way too. Yeah. yeah,
0: the bar is definitely set at a certain height and yeah. I feel like with so many volunteers coming in and volunteering their time that, you know, we find ourselves thinking what more can we do to both enrich the experience of coming to our shows and also reaching out to the community mm-hmm. and offering more things of a theater-related uh, performance. Mm-hmm. As someone who works full-time in large cultural organizations and who volunteers with many small arts and education groups around the city, what were your thoughts as the pandemic emptied our theaters, concert halls, sports
1: arenas, and schools? (laughs) I remember uh, March 14th, I was actually at the Band's Visit performance that you mentioned at the top of this um, at, at the Benelum Center, and was working with a group with a post show talk with a cast. And at that time, there was just so much hesitancy and uncertainty of like what wh- what was coming and how we should r- interact with people. And um, it, yeah, it, w- it was shocking. And I think my first reaction was just a bit of grief almost, a bit of loss, you know cancelling shows and, and stopping the thing that I dedicate my life to and that I'm so passionate about just uh, was, was shocking at first. But um, it changed pretty quickly, I think, because it has to. Uh, and it became more about, okay, now what? What can we do? Let's be resilient. And, you know, especially working in education, one of our models and something that we came back to a lot was learning doesn't end just because the pandemic's happening and because we have to you know close down doors and, and and stay at home um so how can we continue to learn how can we continue to be creative and make art and so i i really like i have that uh, resilient nature to just think how can we change how can we what can we do now you know Right, we didn't have much of any other choice. Yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of
0: high schools in the area were already rehearsing their shows and lost those opportunities to be in their high school performances. And you know, so many theaters, I think when this first happened, we tried to decide what to do as an organization. You know, how quickly are we going to re- try to reopen? can we make plans three months down the road? And I remember making a spreadsheet of all the different theaters in the area and we came up with almost 48 different organizations right. who were all kind of doing the same thing, canceling their productions, no real goal for rescheduling for the fall yet because the nature of this virus just gave us no information on how we could safely proceed.
1: Exactly, yeah, it... Devastating, and you know when you think of Stage Sixty Two as a primarily volunteer organization, um, we all also you know have to recognize that we have other things, personal lives, and things happening that that we have to take care of ourselves too. So there was that balance of. Um, you know, do we reinvent the wheel right now, or do we truly pause so everyone can have that time to, to readjust? Right. The constant delays and canceled events carried
0: through the summer, the fall, the winter. What kind of challenges did we encounter as a group, meaning stage 62, as we attempted to stay optimistic during
1: uncertain times? Oh, Ryan, the challenges. <laughs> so many, but also opportunities. You know, I don't, I don't want to keep it too negative. Um, the main goal that I had was to just how can we continue to connect? Um, and specifically, you know, Stage 62 has a membership based as casts. Uh, are, are formed, uh, you can pay membership dues to help decide on the season of shows and you know other benefits around too. And so how do we keep that membership connected and, and um, still with Stage 62 in their mind, uh, as I mentioned, without, while respecting personal lives and other stuff that's going on. And so that was my big challenge or, or thought process first off, of just how to continue to connect. Um, And then obviously the other challenges of budgetary, of, uh, I mean, just racial inequities going on uh, after the murder of George Floyd and, you know, really looking and reflecting back at Stage 62 as a primarily white organization and, and thinking how we can better our practices, policies, procedures, so that we are more opening and welcome and, and can open our doors even wider when we're back. So loaded challenges that, that we all had to, to consider. Right. It was
0: definitely a time where we could look under the hood and look in the mirror and decide what have we been doing in the past? What can we do in the future to be more inclusive mm-hmm. and how can we connect with people at home if this should go on for an extended period of time? We saw that with our take-home tales, where we were actually able to reach into the talent of our organization and create some content for people at home and offer something that would supplement that normal children's show February slot that we love providing the community.
1: Exactly. Once we hit 2021 season, you know, it gave the board and committee some more time to be creative and think like, you know, okay, what what can we do now? Where in 2020, we definitely, uh, we had some monthly events, virtual gatherings, um, some in person in the summer, socially distanced golf outings and such. Um, so yeah, there was a shift once we got to 2021 of, okay, now let's look at our season and think how we can make something that still holds true to, to what we are and what our mission is.
0: Right. And the original goal was to transfer the entire season from 2020 to 21, starting with Forever Plaid. Anything goes in July and 9 to 5 in November.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: As of right now, Forever Plaid it feels like the
1: only thing that we can safely produce. Yes. Um, you know, I... I'm remaining optimistic uh, for anything goes. We have canceled and are planning to move to the 2022 season. Um, just summer, you know, feels a little too early. And that show deserves to be on the musical stage that we usually perform in, 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 in our opinion. Um, but nine to five, I remain optimistic. Uh, just, you know, my my thought process is taking this a month at a time as we've all had to and just, you know, keeping up to date with C D C guidelines and, and looking to the larger institutions and, and seeing what what they're doing and how we can navigate, you know, sometimes there's benefits being a smaller community theater too. So how can we navigate that space and, and create something? So long story short, we don't know yet. <laughs> right. And I think we are probably one of the first
0: organizations who is mounting a full scale production, albeit outside. Um, so I'm sure there are many groups who are taking cues from us and what Mm -hmm. we might be planning on doing, and we are looking at groups who are bigger than us, wondering, will there be indoor performances with limited capacity by the end of summer? It's just so hard to tell.
1: Right, right?
0: yeah. We're seeing larger-scale productions take place digitally and to limited audiences. Do you think that we've learned any valuable lessons
1: from our attempts to provide art in different formats? I think we've learned a lot if we, you know, look at it closely. Um, One of the big lessons that I think about is just accessibility of art and what we do. I mean, there are obviously some challenges with digital performances and um, also fatigue from just always being connected digitally right now, but also... There's a broader reach that can exist with some of those digital uh, full-scale productions. And I'm really curious to see how we mesh that in the future. Um, Because also, at the end of the day, nothing can replace live and in-person performance. I fully believe that. Um, But I think we're creating this new... uh, spot, uh, part of the art that's not cinematic film and that's not live in person but, like, right in between. Um, and I think we can learn a lot from that and how we produce and direct and um, how how we share it outwardly. Right, yeah. There are some groups, like, at the New Hazlet who are doing primarily digital releases. You were in a show there recently. I was, yeah. We um, did... A new musical called Local Singles, uh, written directed by Nick Navari, have to give him a shout out, uh really amazing local talent. And that was a full scale musical that we filmed and it, it was had a very cinematic, you know, feel to it, like like you're watching a movie. Um, but yeah, it was this new you know, as a, an actor in it, it was amazing because we still were able to connect as a cast as a family, you know like that that's one of my favorite things about performing is whenever you're all sharing that like special thing with each other, you know um and so we were still able to have that. The thing we missed out on is a live audience that could laugh at us, and we were pretty funny, you know, but <laughs> <laughs> there's no laughter that that was coming, so uh that motivation was different as an actor, but it it was still really great to get something new out there and have people watch it and respond digitally. Right.
0: And as a silver lining, you got to broaden your outreach and have people from all around the country tune in and be able to see that where they otherwise would not have been able to see this new work, especially if there were shows all around the city taking place and right. a limited opportunity for theater goers from Pittsburgh to see every
1: show that's happening. Well, and that's an amazing thing too. As local performers, like that doesn't happen a lot. You know, We do have big uh film musicals and plays that we're able to see, but not from like a local level. And so it is interesting that now there's there's that bit of taste that I could share this with my aunt in Florida and, you know, with others. They they could they could tune in where before they, they couldn't have that opportunity. So exactly. Stage 62's first
0: return to full-scale in-person musical productions is coming up in the middle of May. Forever Plaid was originally set to be produced in May of 2020, and we managed to hold on to the performance rights and the original cast from the auditions that took place before the pandemic. How did the plans for producing the show outdoors come together? Yes,
1: I, the first time I said it out loud (laughs) was actually um, back in October or November. uh, Stage 62 had uh, Songs from the Steps, Fundraiser, fundraising event on the steps of the music hall. And we were setting up, and I said out loud to someone, You know, I bet we could do Forever Plaid on the steps. And that was the original idea to have it there. And it just it felt natural with a cast of four, um, the way the show set up in a review style, 90 minutes long. Like, it just felt like that perfect outdoor atmosphere and space. Um, and then we were introduced to. Crafton Amphitheater by Rob James who mentioned that it was here he you know was from lives in Crafton so he knew of it and said gave a little plug like oh maybe reach out and just see and so that led us to exploring this space in particular but um yeah it just felt like the right show and the right time good timing i guess to to make it happen This space is so
0: much bigger than I was expecting. Uh, It's got the giant garage door that lets us keep our set and all of our props inside, so it really lends itself to a full-scale
1: musical in ways that we were not expecting. Yeah, you know, shout out to Tucker Topol, who is our scenic designer. Um, You know, we were able to take his original uh, design vision for uh, the music hall stage and I mean, it's adapted obviously to fit the stage, but like not much. You know, we we're still able to really put up uh, what the original vision was with some slight adjustments for this, and I might even like it better. <laughs> we're gonna have full full sound like you would normally expect in the theater. Uh,
0: they are too. 2 o'clock performances, so there will not be any special lighting, but I agree with you. In kind of hybrid concert form slash outdoor matinee, uh, it really will be a full scripted, 90-minute musical, the kind that you would expect in the Carnegie Music Hall in Carnegie. What logistics can our audience expect while attending a forever plaid performance
1: here at Crafton Park Amphitheater? Um, So Seating-wise, you know, we have some great options to enjoy the performance. We have some uh, lawn seating spots, which are for groups of two to six, uh, and they are going to be sort of taped out, painted out, uh, your own space, bring your own chair, bring a blanket, whatever you want to enjoy the performance in, in that space. We'll also have some seats provided, standard seating, as well as some bleacher seating to sit back and enjoy. Um, you know, We'll have concessions. We'll have hopefully created um, a very similar experience than it would be when you enter the, the music hall. Right. Tickets are
0: $15 and $20. Uh, there will be some classic cars here to really set the tone for yes. the 50s, 60s vibe. And I believe the capacity is about 150,
1: depending on what size groups make reservations. Exactly, yeah. we're, we're Around 150 spaced out. Um, I really think it'll feel safe uh, for everyone and just be enjoyable to hear some great talent like you Mr. Ryan of I'm
0: looking forward to
1: it I am honored to be playing
0: Frankie in this production we have Jeff Way Jeremy Spalgerick and Shane Pitorek all lined up to be in the show it's being directed by Seth Laidlaw. Yes. Musically directed by Joy Hess. This is her first time doing a show with 62. Uh, I've worked with her elsewhere. She's done work with Comptra and split stage productions in a couple high schools in the area. And Liz Schneider is our stage manager. Who am I missing? Kara McLean. Kara McLean, our, our, our star choreographer. choreographer. Mm-hmm. So what does the rest of 2021 hold for stage 62? And what can we predict will be a part of our 2022
1: season? So I gave it away a little bit earlier. Um, Anything Goes is definitely moving to 2022. You should expect it there. Uh, In place this summer, uh, we will be having three outdoor concerts, uh, similar to the fundraiser that we did in October. Um, It's the Songs from the Steps, summer concert series that will be on the steps of the Music Hall. Auditions are up now, so uh, each one, each month is themed differently, and it will happen on the third Sunday uh, in June, July, and August. So make sure to check that out and to audition if you are a performer. Um, And then... TBD on the fall as we continue to evaluate and, and, and figure out what's possible and what we can do. But we'll, you'll definitely be seeing something from Stage 62 this fall as well. Excellent. We look forward to all the hopeful opportunities that we've had
0: on the creative back burner. And we thank you for helping to keep this talented and passionate group of artists at the core of our group together during a very emotional year. Thank you for taking the time to answer my questions and for giving us a preview of what's
1: to come. Is there anything you'd like to leave us with? Well, first, thank you, Ryan, and uh, for all of your work and for your talent uh, being on the stage as well. I can't wait for people to see the work that you're doing. Um, And I also, I just have to give a big shout-out and thanks to the executive board and the committee members that meet monthly, a group of 20 to 25 of us that are meeting monthly and really looking under the hood, as you said, to make Stage 62 even better when we come back. And I hope for anyone out there that... Uh, is interested in getting more involved or talking to me about your ideas or art, love, whatever, um, feel free to reach out. And you can contact me at president at stage62.org. Thank you. It's an honor to be part of this group.
0: We hope to see lots of familiar faces, masked, of course, at our production of Forever Plaid, playing in two weekends, May 15th and 16th, and May 22nd and 23rd, All performances are at 2 p.m. Tickets are $15 for standard seating on the left and right sides, $15 for bleacher seats in the rear, and $20 for the lawn area, which is designated for picnic blankets and folding chairs. There will be classic cars lined up at the performance to send everyone back to the 50s and 60s, a perfect pairing for the theme of this classic musical. The performance is 90 minutes with no intermission. For tickets and more information, visit stage62.org, and be sure to follow our social media pages on Facebook and Instagram for more behind-the-scenes photos, videos, fundraisers, and announcements. This podcast was recorded on May 2nd, 2021, and can be streamed on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Thanks for listening. Stay safe.